0: Scott and I'm Seth, and this is track walking. Um, it snowed in Michigan.
1: I saw that. That today. looked terrible.
0: Ask me actually. how excited I am about that. Uh, well, As, when, ask it was, me, ask
1: when it was, when it was, how was it? You're drinking uh, beer.
0: It's that good that I'm Takes drinking Takes the edge beer. off the snow. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's real gross. It, like, the weekend, the weekend was cool. I mean, it wasn't warm at all. And then last night, it was like, you know what? You know what you need? You need some snow. So it did, and it has and continues to at the moment. Nothing's sticking, of course, because it's just above freezing. Like, it's that really, really crappy area where it's like between 32 and 36 yeah so it's like rain snowing but nothing's actually like accumulating it's just melting instantly but it's cold enough that it feels like you might as well it's not great
1: i i admit when i saw the the pictures of that our friend bob like my, my co-driver for one lap, sent me a picture of his his yard and it had like an inch of snow in it and my brain instantly went like one lap is like 11 days away and it's snowing. Yeah. Yeah. We'll
0: see. Uh, we'll see if our tires were the right decision.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, I mean, we're not really going North. So going to Putnam. I mean, that's, <sighs> I mean, everything's about North for you.
1: Yeah. Everything. Yeah. But right. Everything's North for me, but still, yeah. That I don't want to say it freaked me out, but I was like, It's like, no, no, we're, it's not snowing because we have one lap to go on and, and it's hot here.
0: I mean, we did have that, that year when we went to Brainerd and what the day after they got like three or four inches of snow.
1: Yeah. And there was that morning when we woke up, it was It was cold 26 or something. I had frost on my car. The accord did not want to start with a tiny battery in it. It was like I don't live in these temperatures. What's wrong with you?
0: I remember when I thought 117 was fast in the Miata, and it took a mile and a half <laughs> to get, <laughs> get it going that quickly. Um, Yeah. Good times. Yeah, good times. Simpler, simpler times. Now we have a uh, Mazda 2 out front uh, up on jack stands. Having a it's okay.
1: Out. You... You always have a Miata as a backup car, so.
0: You know, I I was playing that scenario <laughs> through my head just like, <laughs> you know, like doom scrolling basically like in my head, which is if you ever know anxiety or anything, that's basically what it is. It's just doom scrolling. And uh, I'm like, well, if the Maz- Mazda 2 couldn't go. I guess we could take the Miata. And I'm like, well, I find a place to put the plate. Windows are going to be a serious problem because we don't have any. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't have a passenger seat, so that would need to get figured out. Maybe we just like duct tape a lawn chair on there. Maybe that would be fine. I just that would be fine. Yeah. So as long as I'm driving, that would be fine.
1: Yeah. <laughs> anyway, no, I, I've spent the last you know the last month with um, Bob doing a f- fantastic job prepping his car. You know, I keep every time Bob's like, "Okay, I'm doing this now," and his car is up on jack stands, and I look outside at the Accord, and I'm like. Ah,
0: <sighs> yeah, you're you're in an arrive and
1: drive situation, which is wonderful. Like, it's wonderful and just slightly stressful. Yeah, you know, Bob had Bob had the car at NCM at uh, Gridlife Life yep. last weekend, Made and uh, way less power than he thought, <laughs> which is fine because that means he's legal, which is good. Yeah. But uh, like, people kept sending me pictures of things that bumped into things and yep. i was like bob don't like just bring the car back alive because we need it it's important he and did. he did so
0: he did the um, yeah sunday cup is so much fun did you see yeah. the, uh, the the buddy run that they did saturday morning the video yes. of them coming out of the the sinkhole and around oh my god <laughs> what a glow it's and for those of you who don't know ncm is a terrible spectating track it's Um, the worst and it's even worse now because a lot of their buildings got destroyed in the hurricane or hurricane tornado and but one of uh one of the buddies was standing up on the observation deck and uh you just see like car after car after car like just peek over and then like fall back behind the hill. And then all of a sudden down the front straight, you see one two three four five six seven eight nine ten 10. There, there were at least 10 cars in this Sunday cup train nose to tail coming onto the front straight and then to turn one, a, it was just pretty amazing.
1: <laughs> the only time attack class for drafting is part of what you're doing. Encouraged. Yeah.
0: Um, So, tonight we're going to talk about adulthood.
1: This could be rough.
0: How's that for a segue? From uh, (laughs) right from Sunday Cup to adulthood. That's (laughs) yeah. Those two things do not go together. Yeah, had this had a thought uh, last week at some point uh, when I didn't want to be doing adulthood things. That what are. Like, what are the things, the cornerstones of adulthood? Like, what are the things that, and, and not, like, material things, but, like, the things that just come with the job of being an adult? Um, so money for me, and we're just going to talk about each one. For me, money was, like, the given, Money, budgeting, like paying bills, all that stuff is like absolutely the number one thing that came to my mind.
1: I would agree with that. That's like the biggest transition between uh, somebody taking care of you in your life and then all of a sudden they throw you out on your own. And you're like, oh, by the way, not only do you have to make money, you have to spend it uh, responsibly and use it as the tool and not let it destroy you and et cetera, et cetera.
0: Yeah, which
1: usually in your early 20s when you're <laughs> ill-prepared for this. Right,
0: and you just want to spend all the money. Right. And even though it's so important, somehow it's not a required anything in school, which seems to me to be a travesty.
1: The parents are supposed to teach us that, Scott.
0: Yeah, yeah, like they're supposed to teach us how to drive.
1: Yeah. Hey, Seth. Hey, my kids are fantastic. What's wrong with you? No,
0: I mean, did your parents teach you how to drive?
1: <laughs> no, they sent, well, Michigan didn't really have that option. They, w- we just had, you know, you signed up for yep. driver's training Sorry, and uh, our fifth grade teacher taught us how to drive. Yeah. Um, no, they didn't really want to get in the car with me.
0: <laughs> I get it. Frankly. I get it. Same with my parents. But yeah, money money's like the number one thing for me. like Or at least that came to my mind at the time. It was, you have to, and depends, I guess you could almost do a chicken and the egg thing here. Because you could say job one is to make money and then how do you want to spend it? Right. But I don't think that's, and I'd like to hear the argument for that. I think it's the other way around though. Like living costs money. Like in order to have shelter, to have food, and have clothing, you have to make money. You have to earn enough money to sustain those three things.
1: Yeah, I, I think unless that's you're living the...
0: in your parents' basement on clothes you've had for twenty years, and they're footing the bill for food. Yeah,
1: that's that's kind of the thing where you. Um, I don't want to say necessarily trust fund kids, but but when you have people who've got something to fall back on who don't have the same the same risk profile with money, it gives them different options. um like, oh, I'm this job's terrible, I'm gonna quit this job and then I'll go find another one. yeah, because you've got some sort of cushion in your life somehow. yeah, and that's that's distinctly different from like, I can't miss a paycheck, which means I can't stop going to this job until I have another job to go to right away um, and there can't be a week's gap between those and that that's those different styles of living or you know the the people who take you know a gap year like oh, I'm gonna have a gap year I'm gonna go to Europe I'm gonna do a thing is uh-huh. is a it's a much to, or you know I'm gonna start a business or you know there, there's a whole bunch of true um, money can either be, like this security blanket if you have access to it for some reason whether it's your own because you've saved it or you've got access to family money or an inheritance or whatever it is or it can be this this looming terrifying thing that wants to eat you if you run out of it um, and, I
0: th- and I think the reason why you would quit a job turns out to be very different as well like I know plenty of people who stay in jobs they really don't like because the insurance is right. good and if you pay for insurance right now if you have insurance if you can afford insurance right now it's not like it's a big deal if yeah. it comes with your job or just the fact that like hey I don't like the, I don't feel fulfilled by this job it's not like it's not giving me the growth like the personal growth that I want and it's like sometimes you <laughs> really have to put that aside because that's paying the bills. It's like, it's helping you to live. It's, it's giving you money, hopefully to do stupid race car things. It's allowing you to, you know, have weekends off maybe, or at least like, you know, something, you know, it, it enables you to do these things. And you know my my view on jobs have has certainly evolved in the last couple years but um but yeah i'm not i'm not sure what what do you think like does do you have to earn money first and then kind of trickle that down figure out where that comes or do do things cost money so you have to earn money in order to do those things
1: I, I think it comes down to the the granularity of that whole description because God, you sound so smart right now. Yeah, I love words like granularity. granularity. It's, it's fantastic. So it's when it when it comes to money, it's sort of like there's the like it there it has to come in and it has to go out, and both of those things are stressful because we're you know it's not just like I make money and buy race car parts. Woo. It's you know you have to you have to. Be, you, you make the amount of money you make, which is never, never feels like as much as it sounds like, especially when you're 18, 19, 20 years old and you get your first job and you're like, oh, I'm going to have so much money. This is going to be amazing. And then you never have any money. Um, but you still have to pay bills and the bills fly at you from a lot of places, even more so now than they did when I started paying bills, you know, 25 years ago. When I had to do that, there was no cell phone bills. There was no, you know, no, nobody's paying for Netflix because it didn't exist. None of none of those things. You kind of had like uh, where you lived, and uh, your phone bill because it was a landline, yep. and maybe maybe cable if you were like super baller.
0: And then and utilities.
1: Yeah, and then and then utilities, but the I, I do feel bad for my kids right now. Anybody who's coming into the world where all of a sudden you've got you know your cell phone bill and all the subscriptions that go along with life right now, a lot of one which are, are kind of I, I don't want to say expected, but there's like if you want to, when I was a kid, you know, participating culturally and stuff, being able to gather around the water cooler and things was like. You know, did you turn on one of the three channels that came in on the TV and you know watch Seinfeld? And
0: so in Indiana, I still remember this. There was channel fifty nine that was Fox News, which was like, which was the cool station, because it
1: had The Simpsons on it.
0: It did, and it had Erie, Indiana, which is a really deep cut. If any of you (laughs) know or remember the TV show Erie, Indiana. Guess what? It came on right before Star Trek Next Generation. And sometimes, like, if the weather was really bad, like, you didn't get it, or it came in fuzzy because you had the rapid ears on top. We had channel 13, 11, 6, and maybe 4. But (laughs) just, like, the numbers just feel like they kind of picked at random and stuff.
1: Right, anyway. but the 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 beauty of that, the simplicity of that, was you didn't have like the
0: you didn't have Peacock you had to pay for. You didn't have Hulu. Like, right. I mean, how many? I can think of six or seven strictly TV streaming subscription services off the top of my head right now, and each one right. is at least ten bucks.
1: And that in that sort of requires uh an entry into the world through some sort of credit card or online payment you know thing which is going through that whole i mean you, you have to participate in some sort of electronic money stuff true um which again my i got my first credit card very much as a grown-up after i got my first job everything i did prior to that was with cash because that's kind of something you could do like you wrote checks which people still get weirded out when i'm like you want me to send you a check and they're like a what no <laughs> and anyway so this yeah. comes under the granularity of the fact that like like when we say like money is the biggest part of adulting like everything like the so much of of being an adult is doing those things you kind of don't want to do because that would be my definition. Like, what is adulting? It's like doing all of those things that make your life work that you kind of don't want to do. And that's like paying bills and mowing the lawn and going to work and cleaning your toilet. And, you know, it's all of those things where like, if I went to a resort for a week, all of the things I wouldn't have to do because I was at a resort for a week. Yep. Are all the things that I don't want to do as an adult, essentially?
0: All right. So we've got money as like again to me, first thing off the top of my head, cornerstone of adulthood. Yeah, money,
1: because everything comes or goes from that.
0: Do you? Do you have one?
1: Do I have money? No.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you don't. I I know you don't. No, I don't. No, your wife, however. Yeah, she's good. She's good. Um, no, like
1: cornerstones of adulthood. Uh, cornerstone of adulthood is just sort of... Otherwise, the, I've got another one. Yeah, like my cornerstone of adulthood is is you just... the There's things that you just have to do. And that's the, the horrible, ugly, truth cornerstone of being an adult is every day you wake up and there will be these things that you just have to do because... That's what's required to make it through today, to make it to tomorrow, to make it to the next day. And it's, and that, that realization. So like when you, when you're a kid and you're like, Oh, I have to go to school. It's lame. Or oh, I have to do chores and it's lame. And then to get to be in your mid twenties and be like, if all I had to do today was like, show up to school and hang out with my friends and do like one thing of homework and take out the trash. That would be amazing.
0: Never had a better.
1: Yeah, and and so like is a, take is a take kid- me
0: back to school. I don't care if it's a master's program. <laughs> Put me back in school.
1: But as a kid, you think like I'm like I'm forced to do these things, and as an adult, you you actually like properly get forced to do all of those things, and and it's the the just bucking up and doing it aspect of life, which is sort of the demoralizing part of being an adult. Like I, I have to do it because it has to be done. And so
0: this, uh, so this is kind of where the thought process started for me Okay, is because I was working a particular job that had a deadline that was stressing me right out. And I was Like, as I was being stressed out trying to get this done, I was thinking, what is more adult than having a deadline? Like, meeting something that you just had to get done because it had to get done. Like, what is more adult than that?
1: Yeah, that's.
0: And because, again, like, we can go back to money, like, you've got bills. Those have a deadline. Like, if you don't pay them uh, yeah. on time, like, there may be a couple days of grace, but you've, if you don't pay them on time, they charge you money. Um, yep. If you don't go to work, like, being at work on time is a deadline.
1: <laughs> yeah. Every morning, somebody expects you to be in a place. Yeah. At the right time. Yeah. I did that. I didn't like it particularly.
0: Yeah, and then so you stopped and
1: I just I didn't want to do that. So and and to
0: be honest, like
1: speaking of trust funds. No. You're not a trust fund baby. I am I am not. No. Um as a matter of fact, like tangent. Okay. I'll I'll allow it. Tangent. I had I have since I've met a whole bunch of motorcycle people, I've had like three or four wonderful people, wonderful men say, dude, I think I would love to stay at home with, with my kids. I'm like, cool. How old are your kids? And they're like eight, 11 and 13. <laughs> this
0: time's passed for you.
1: Yeah. Okay. And I'm like, no, like that would be awesome. I hope you and your wife can work that out. But you realize that's like driving from New York to Los Angeles and getting to New Mexico and going, can I take over now? It, I mean, you yep. think it makes you helpful, and it really just kind of makes you a dick. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you you said you're going to piss some people
1: off. <laughs> Shalom. Having said that. Um, whenever, whenever you have two people that that really do go like, I think strategically and for other reasons, having one of us stay home and take care of our children, and it makes everyone happy. I think it's a great thing, obviously, because that's how i have been living for the last you know twenty years. But when I have people say that to me, like, you know, I had four, I had I, <laughs> I changed diapers continually for eight years, like, I had four kids within six years, I had diapers for eight straight years. You know, driving kids around, blah blah blah, and you like you've got like middle schoolers, and you think you want to hang out with them? Cool. That's. (laughs) Yep. Anyway, okay, back to being an adult. Yeah, you're not wrong.
0: Not wrong. Just saying. Um. Yeah the the whole deadline thing kind of struck me, and that's kind of what got my brain my brain turning and. You know, I was talking with some buddies about it and it's just like deadlines. It's just adulthood is full of deadlines. If you want insurance, you've, there's a deadline for that. If you want to like keep your job and like do well at your job and maybe have the opportunity to advance in your job, there are deadlines. Most likely multiple a day. And then you want to take out your trash, well, if you want taken out, there's a deadline for that.
1: Yeah, nothing worse than missing the trash guy. Yeah. God.
0: I just, all the time, there's deadlines. Deadlines, deadlines. Even if they're, like, tiny. Oh, if, do you want the towels to go into the wash? You got to put them in right now. Like, that's a micro, micro deadlines.
1: There we go. I just invented it. Micro. Yeah, deadlines. I like that. Micro deadlines. That Like, your whole life is a series of, of micro deadlines.
0: Yeah. Yeah, let that weigh on your subconscious for a bit.
1: When you take something out of the oven, yeah. Oh my God, this is going to freak me out now. Yeah. Every, <laughs> exactly. Timer. My plants need to be watered, Scott. Yeah. Well,
0: <sighs> you have until they're dead. So that is a literal deadline. <laughs> um, but yeah, th- this one struck me. Like, th- this is what got my brain turning. And then. I again I immediately after that I'm like, all right, after money. I feel like money was the thing that everybody could agree with. Money is like one of the cornerstones of adulthood. And then we've got deadlines. Deadlines are like one of those looming things that I think involves money, but I think is a bigger kind of overarching thing. Yeah. And that's, you know, again in terms of race cars, you've got events. And I think, <laughs> I think you could tell a lot about a person and potentially how they live their life based on how they prepare for an event.
1: Or um, when they show up for it.
0: Yes, and how prepared they are. Like, do they have spares? You know, m- money aside, like if they can afford, but do they have spares? Have they planned this out? Is their car ready days, weeks in advance, or are they like, well, we'll just get there and we'll figure it out. Those, those, those free spirited people.
1: Do you show up to tech when tech opens or do you show up to tech right before tech closes? Yes, exactly. Any of them are technically allowed,
0: but there is a deadline though.
1: There is a deadline.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You have to go to tech before you get on track. Right. Um, so yeah, it was it was kind of striking me that, you know, there are there are certain deadlines. I mean, to race cars, like to prepping, to getting to the track, to making every session to like if something happens and you need to fix something well, you've got a deadline and that's your next session or race or whatever it is coming up. That's your deadline. And you've got a certain amount of sessions per day, a certain amount of days in an event and then you've got drive you know it's just it's full of deadlines
1: yeah cuz you got to get home for work
0: yeah got to get home for work you have to work so much ahead of time to make the money to be able to afford to go to the event and then all those deadlines to go i mean it's it's just full of it and we can talk about the money aspect of racing but i feel like that would that need like a mini series of that of podcast to break that one apart.
1: No, there's like, we do need to touch on that. That was the one when I said, like, I'm going to say something that might piss people off. Like that's okay. So the, the money aspect of racing, um, Which, which
0: means Seth has been planning on pissing people off all day, which I find to be interesting considering he couldn't ask a cat that he is. He's allergic to cats. He couldn't ask a cat to get off of his head today because it's a cat and it's, well, what do you do? You just let it sit there. But no, Seth, you tell other people how they, I'm totally busting your balls right now, how they need to do the hard thing.
1: Go ahead. It was a, it was a really nice cat I'm, and it was, it was sitting on my shoulder and I was in my leathers and I was super allergic to it. So, yeah. if if I have a problem with racing, Okay, with it, it racing it has, like the culture
0: or like the yeah. people,
1: yeah. Or okay, yeah. The culture and the people can't really be separated here. So, so Sorry. if if I have a problem with with racing, it it centers around the money, and there is there is a thought process in there that that if I if I sacrifice and give my all and blah blah blah, then then i can make it and and we see people like spending all their money and then some yes. working really hard spending all their money and then some in their you know in their 20s and 30s and 40s and whatever it is
0: and let's be honest like when we say and then some like let's say it out loud like credit
1: cards yeah they're they're going
0: and lots of credit cards
1: they're going into debt for their racing and I have a very hard time with any racing that is not sustainable. That is, it exists within your life in such a way that you could you could do this in perpetuity and not destroy your life doing it.
0: Got gotcha. you're using all the big words tonight.
1: I am. And in what I, I hate Which
0: is funny I considering ha- the guy who's wearing those pants right now. <clears throat> Keep going.
1: I like they're they're my Sesame Street pants. They're fantastic. <laughs> anyway. And, and I hate to, I hate that part of the racing culture that says it's okay. I mean, it's, it's maybe even preferable to dig yourself into this massive, massive hole for this weird glory of racing thing that we do. And, and instead of looking each other in the eyes and going, you know, you should probably be putting money in your 401k because seriously you're going to need that. We don't. We say like, yeah, like we we appreciate the guy who's not putting money in his 401k and is spending it on his car because his car's awesome. And and arguably like without those people that that overspend and give it their all and do it however you want to do it, racing would be way less interesting. If we were all just racing purely on sustainable like like I make this amount a year, I can afford to spend eight percent of my income on racing, which means I can do this. And if we all made like really logical grown-up decisions for racing budgets, the or, racing would look or nothing happen like to it land
0: does. that one sponsorship or those few sponsorships that can help
1: afford right. us
0: to do those things.
1: And In only increase our racing budget after we got those sponsorships. Yes. Then, if if we did that the racing landscape would look nothing like it does
0: yeah i agree
1: um, and I, so sorry, i'm going. i'm i'm really torn between the fact that that i love the passion for racing and and that passion that people have for for racing is for some of them destroying their future
0: or at least setting it back At
1: least setting it back. Sure. Um, And the, the one that is because you and I discussed this before the show, I don't, I don't really, I don't, I have a very thin sliver of adulthood separate from parenthood because there was a, you know, only a couple years between when I graduated from college, which wasn't really adulthood. And when I, when my first daughter was born, so I didn't do a whole hell of a lot of adulting without parenting at the same time. Mm -hmm. And, And when I see people with young children who are spending all of their money to go racing and I go, you know, you've got you've got a four year old and an eight year old. And that means in 10 years and in 14 years, you've got two people who in in a very likelihood are going to want to go to college and you're going to say, sorry. I spent all my money racing. (laughs) You're going to have to take out loans, which means your kid is taking out 3% or 6% or 7% loans to pay, to, to fill in money that you spent on race cars. And I can't tell anybody to make that decision to go, okay, I need to put some money in my kids' 529 prior to spending race car money because everybody has to make that decision themselves. And and I also can't tell somebody like, it's your job to pay for your kid's college because that's there's a whole complex thing. But also I have a really hard time emotionally with, with people going, racing to me is more important than my kid's future.
0: If you have or even if you're planning on having a kid 529s look it up it's the thing to do
1: send me a message i'll explain to you the brilliance of it and i'll show you the spreadsheet about how (laughs) how how it works anyway
0: we'll do a podcast on compound interest kids yeah that'll be amazing it's a real thing and it's cool now this is also coming from somebody who uh, really hasn't saved nearly enough at the stage in life that I am. So there's that.
1: There is that, and and part of my my side of it comes from the fact that that my parents both owned their own businesses. They were fairly successful. Um, they had a couple different houses, and I got to t- to take out full student loans to go to, co- to college. Um, my parents made. A, a good living and didn't in and, and thought that it was our responsibility to go to college. That's fine. But it was really hard to take a weekend off from college to go to my parents vacation house mm-hmm. and go, ah, choices were made. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And, and, and that's real estate, which is different than, than race cars. Race cars are just yes. a, a, this giant hole that you throw money at and they give you nothing back except joy. Yeah, I mean, so
0: people talk about the, the price of used cars and it certainly is up, but the price of parts is up. The price of the car that you buy initially is up. So it's like, yeah, the the price you might be able to get for your fully prepped race car is cool. You put more into it than that it's not an investment. And if it is like, let's be honest, you're getting a negative return.
1: It's a terrible, almost investment. every
0: it, single time, unless you it, get a free race car and like, like a free, like prepped race car, like, and even then, like the amount of, if you factor in time and travel and par, it's, it's yeah. Anyway.
1: So this is, this is being an adult, right? Is you have to make, those decisions and you also have to sit back and and watch other people make decisions different from the ones that you make so
0: and this is kind of where I've been wanting to go i think a good transition is that i was having this experience of adulthood in deadlines like having to meet these deadlines again like if i wanted to demonstrate to my employer that i'm like working hard trying all this stuff all right deadlines money second thing in my brain of course it's every everyone on the planet i think would agree money is the thing and then started talking with the buddies a little bit and thinking and diving and i think Were I to boil it down, and I would love to hear an argument either against this or for something else. But I think the thing underneath the thing, underneath the thing. So we've got money, but I think even underneath that we've got deadlines, which is even broader. But I think even underneath deadlines, that's even broader yet, is the deferment of want, or the deferment of w- immediacy, whatever it is. I think that is what adulthood is if you really boil it down. As a kid, you see something, you're like, I want it. Give it to me.
1: <laughs> if it costs $5 and I have $5, yeah, done. John,
0: like right now. When you're an infant, you're like, hey, guess what? I want food five minutes ago. You scream until like it, it you scream until it happens. <laughs> um like everything's just immediate. Now, as you get older, and certainly once you cross into adulthood and you are responsible for yourself, the deferment of desire. There we go. That there's your phrase. There you go. The deferment of desire, I think, becomes the cornerstone of adulthood. I think this, it happens with money. Again, you can earn all the money you want to, but so much of that money is already earmarked to be paid to other people. So you can get your three, four, two, one, $10,000 check, whatever it is, and say, hey, I've got this entire paycheck to do whatever I want to with it. And you certainly can make that decision But you, ideally at some point, the reaper's going to come to collect the share. Like you can't spend that money because you've got rent and you've got utilities. and You've got car payments maybe. You've got insurance payments. You've got food. You've got all your, your subscriptions. You've got these things that don't enable you to do whatever you want to off the top you have to defer those things again it, as you were saying about the sustainability of racing which i want to get to is you have to defer those things like you can't go straight to um the new car dealership and just like throw down your money on a brand new car and then like oh i don't have rent or i don't have my mortgage payment i guess you can yeah. <laughs> but that's not going to work <laughs> I mean, for very long at all. Right. But again, that plays into your deadlines. Right. Um, I just think the deferment of what you want, like becomes the thing time. If we want to talk about time as a commodity, like job is for a lot of people is like number one. You can't do whatever you want to with your time. Because no, you, you spend have- more time have to do certain things. You have to go to job. You have to get some amount of sleep. Right. You have to eat at some point. And so, again, like once you portion out your paycheck and you portion out the time in your day, like how much, what's the percentage of your day that you actually get to choose, freely choose what you want to do? And I think you'll be shocked at how small that percentage is
1: not as much as i thought it was going to be when i was in college and i was like dude i'm gonna have a job i'm just gonna work like just 40 hours a week and then i'll have so much time to do stuff Yeah, and it doesn't feel it didn't feel like that you don't and
0: yeah. you factor in a race car habit on top of that all of a sudden how many weekends a year are gone and All granted, them. I'm not like, I'm not saying that this is a thing we shouldn't do because I'm like hook, line, and sinker in on it. But it's like those weekends are spent time wise. Right. And we've talked about the amount of track time per prep time goes into that. That comes along with it.
1: So yeah, if you're going to So spend... for
0: me, I think the absolute cornerstone hands down has to be deferment of desire. Because you can walk by a store and you can see, "Oh my god, I want that." And sometimes you could walk in the store or you can like see that trip that you really want to take and you can hit buy now. You can walk in the store and buy that. You can spend your time like, "Oh, I really want to throw all my time into this." But there's a price to pay for that. And it might be like giving up your home. It might be like, like, like you said, not saving up for your kids' uh, schooling, not saving for your own retirement. like there are there's a backside to like doing whatever you want to right now. And I think that's the cornerstone of adulthood is thinking more long term, thinking more strategically about the things that you have your ability to create more of it, and where it has to go. I think that is what adulthood is. And I think, why, ultimately, that's what plays out in race cars as well.
1: Why are we so bad at identifying that, then? Like, we're, we're bad at... So I always talk, when, when I talk to my, especially my younger friends, I, I use the the like past you current you future you analogies mm-hmm. like pa- past you did whatever like you like be kind to past you past you was a complete yeah. screw up forgive past you current you exists for a fraction of a second so we're not going to talk about him too much <laughs> but current you your job part of your job is to be like really nice to future you do things like like remember to take out the trash so that future you doesn't have to deal with the fact that like you have stinky trash raccoons are getting into because you didn't get it taken out because if you don't do that, that's kind of a dick thing to do to future you. So I still remember this
0: statistic. Um, now, I, granted, I don't remember exact, so this I'm sounding super wishy-washy right now. Um, but how the percentage of Americans who live paycheck to paycheck is over 50 percent?
1: It's currently 68 percent. I okay. just read an article on it.
0: Yeah, I was I was thinking 60, but okay, 68 percent. And the defining factor, one, one of the defining factors that they found, like in the home, what's one thing that helps define or differentiate the people who live paycheck to paycheck to the people who don't? Can you guess the one item, it's a physical item in the home that these people have?
1: I would be super snobby and say books but a that's probably not true. A calendar? Oh, dude, I feel so awesome on my paper calendar and refrigerator pretty now. Pretty close. So, and and the, the idea was, or
0: the theory behind this, is that by having a calendar that helps you, and and it might be, again, it might be a chicken and the egg thing, like does your ability to think ahead like lead you to buy the calendar or do you buy the calendar which helps you think ahead more? Or is it like mutually indwelling where they both do the same thing? But like having a calendar helps you like see the flow of time (laughs) on a piece of paper. And the fact that like, oh, look... There's, like, more time ahead of next week. Like, look how many pages are on this thing. There are months in here. And then it stops, which means that there's more beyond this year. And the ability to, like, just look through time, and this may seem so stupid and basic to all of you, but the ability to just plan time and look at what's coming up is adulthood, I think. Again, like looking ahead helps you understand your, what you want to do. Again, you can talk about responsibilities all you want, but I think at the end of the day, it's like, what do you want to do? Like, do you want to do race cars? Like I, I sure as hell do. It's cool. But it's like, you have to plan for that. You just don't get to just do it unless you're somehow independently wealthy and don't have to work then I guess good for you. And and can I jump on that team?
1: You could still run like almost everybody who's independently wealthy could still run out of money doing race cars. Absolutely. Yeah. That's
0: why that's the famous line. You know, how do you get a small fortune racing cars? Yeah. you Start with the big one. Yeah. (laughs) So for me, I I don't know. What, what do you think? Like deferment of desire is,
1: is that, it's something you have to do, but I mean that—that's it. You're right. That's—that's that's the thing. But but the problem is we're like really bad. As I think humans in general are really really bad at estimating what our current actions are going to do to our future selves. Sure, I think um, that gets
0: better with time and and introspection. Like just because you've been through a lot to me doesn't like really mean anything. It's like what you've learned from it. Right.
1: Right. Yeah. Cause we're on the same page as that, which is why we talk about this nonsense all the time. Yeah. Sort of a, a way to do mutual introspection. It's basically the podcast. <laughs> yeah. But, but we're, we're pretty crap at it at, at yeah. figuring out like the, the, the repercussions of a particular action or series of actions now and how those are likely to carry through for their lives and you talked about the compound interest calculator and it's it's horrifying to look at a forty thousand dollar race car build and compound interest that out to fuck i, when I, I, I don't want to <laughs> I, I literally don't want
0: to talk about this like i remember like doing calculations like if you started at age 20 to age 30 and you invested money at this percentage and you stopped at age 30, so you only did 10 years from 20 to 30, by the time you were 60, you'd have far more money than you would if you started when you were 30 all the but, way until you were 60. It's absolutely stupid. It's stupid, Seth. But that is no, how I, math works. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, that's that's 100% uh, I, I live that, um, I have lived that for the, you know, the, the 20, almost 25 years that I've been out of college now. Um, there's a reason I autocrossed when I started autocrossing, I autocrossed for a year. I autocrossed for a full season on a set of tires that came with a set of wheels that I bought nice. because I couldn't justify buying a set of tires and throwing away the all seasons that were still there yeah. because at the time, how we, how my wife and I paid ourselves is, you know, the the first things we saved for was retirement. The second things we saved for was the kids 529s then we paid all the bills and then if we had any money left we could figure out what to do and like there was not enough money left for a $600 set of tires there just yep. there wasn't um and now like like today me is super happy about 26 27 year old me doing those those things 26 27 year old me was pissed i get it Um, and, and now, yes, like, like it works. Compound interest works exactly like the spreadsheet says it does. It's a fantastic, amazing thing, but it requires you to sit there and, and look at money. Yeah. Yeah. You have to, you have to look at, at a race car full of money and go, ah, fine. Yeah. (laughs) It's
0: do, do you want a house? Like, how are you going to make the down payment? Right. It could be a race car. (laughs) I mean, if we're honest, that's... Sell your race car, maybe have a down payment for a house. Or don't build a race car. Or
1: don't build... Yeah.
0: Or don't build the caliber of car. I mean, it could could even be that. You can still do race car things and just not, like... (laughs) maybe don't get the the pdm maybe just get like normal fuses like it could be small (laughs) decisions like that um maybe you don't need like the fully built engine maybe you just need like the right oem engine and it'll be good enough and because that will help you do things and that's this is like the yeses and nos um as well like when you say yes to something that means saying no to a whole host of things right so that's
1: hard that's that's adulting and that's hard yeah. and uh adulting is wanna, hard yeah I don't want to do it anymore but I have to anyway I,
0: again deferment of desire you don't get to do what you want to <laughs>
1: Except I I will point out that there there is an out. There is a point that uh, people get to where they they did that whole retirement savings thing and they're Mm -hmm. like, Cool. I don't I don't wanna do that anymore and now I don't have to. Like I still have to live within my means. But you know, hopefully every hopefully everybody will get to a point where they can they can if they live long enough um, retire in, in some sort of situation that doesn't make them sad. And that's a combination of the the safety nets we have for us and our own expectations and the money we can save. Um, And if we're awfully lucky and we don't build as many race cars as we want to, maybe we can do that younger. Yeah. And that's, that's the
0: out, right? I, I always tried to lead the show on a high note. The show has giving, seemed like a bummer to me, but at the same <laughs> point like like adulthood is hard. Like it's just hard. And we've talked about like how hard race cars are. Right. Like it it can be good. You just we have I guess no. You're an adult. You don't have to do anything. You That's can do you can make your choices. What I'm suggesting is that those choices have long-lasting repercussions and that t- t- deferring what you want right now has benefits, has long-standing running benefits. Maybe but, take a look at those.
1: But being an no adult buts. means that you you get to do you and yeah. um, make and you those can. choices. And you can't. And um,
0: You want to buy that? SR equipped drift car that you're super excited about. Yeah. Go for it. What am I looking at? You may ask Seth. Um, yeah. Turbo PT cruisers. because I'm a maskist and I want to hurt myself. That is that masochism or sadism? I always forget.
1: Uh, it's, was- <laughs> I think masochism <laughs> is
0: self harm and sadism is harm. Yeah. Other people.
1: Yeah. It's, although I, I would argue that that you driving around a turbo pt cruiser it is makes a happen. little bit sadist for the people around you um yeah. whatever i mean would it harm the track community i mean a little bit i think it would make a lot of people giggle see that's the thing you <laughs> would do it and you would think that it like you would find joy in inflicting that upon the the track community, and that is really what would make you a sadist in this situation. Yeah, I don't think you're wrong, <laughs>
0: you weirdo. Guess what? We're what? at Track Walking Podcast on Facebook, and Instagram. <laughs> if if you want to allow us to inflict further harm upon you, uh, feel free to follow us. Track Walking Chats is the Facebook group and uh, you know we're around we're doing stuff um, I don't think we know who we're having on next week because it's getting to be one lap time and we sh- that, that's all that matters yeah we kind of need to figure that out anyway um, but yeah that's, that's what I've got for this week and uh, yeah do adulthood but choices adult choices In, like letting way they make a cat happen. sit on your head Yeah. I'm Scott. I'm Seth. We'll talk to you next week.